All right, great. All right, these first six verses in Hebrews, uh, maybe to pick up looking at the end of chapter 12 uh, that we did the last time together. Uh, the writer gave us a strong exhortation about the intense shakings that are to take place both in heaven and on the earth. And in chapter 13, he reminded these Jewish believers about the powerful witness of loving one another. So I love how the, the writer to the Hebrew starts by showing what genuine love looks like in practical terms. So even before we start to look at these practical terms, I want to pray again. I want to pray that love could be put into our lives in practical measures that could really honor God and bless people. And at the same time, we'd end up getting blessing as well. Isn't that the way it always is? As we look to bless, we are blessed. So, Father, I just want to pray that your spirit would come to us at this time. I welcome Holy Spirit God to come and brood over your word. Lord, as we look at these six verses in chapter 13 of Hebrews, I pray that the anointing that rests upon these verses would come and rest upon us. Lord, we love you today. We adore you. We magnify you. And we pray that your word would be magnified in us to help us live more like Jesus to the glory and to the majesty of his holy name. Amen. Love in practical terms. Well, in verse 1, the writer simply says, let brotherly love continue. So he starts with an admonition to keep on loving and caring for everyone. And real love for others produces tangible actions. And the Holy Spirit led the author to mention the following things where the love of God is recognized. So in verse 2, he starts out by saying, hospitality to strangers. Look at verse 3, empathy for those who are in prison, for their faith, and those who have been mistreated. And then in the fourth verse, it's respect for your marriage vows. And then verse 5, contentment with what you have. And I love how he combines these strong elements of putting love into action by exhorting believers to make sure that love runs deep enough to affect their hospitality, empathy, fidelity, and contentment. So I want us to take a closer look at these actions in love today. So starting in verse 2, he says, hospitality to strangers. Well, as far as I can recall, there were at least three people in the Old Testament who had entertained angels without realizing it at all. Abraham in Genesis 18, Gideon in Judges 6, and Manoah in Judges 13. And the writer is admonishing all of us to show hospitality and warmth to people now catch this, a stranger is someone that we do not know personally. That's a stranger. Now some people can say that they can't be hospitable because their homes aren't large enough or nice enough. But there are people who would be so very grateful 
to spend time with you in your home, whether you have a large one or a small one. So he says, hospitality to strangers. You know, as I was thinking about this this week, I, I just became more grateful again for the events that we've had, that we've shared as senior adults with the college students and with the youth of Highland. Uh, the evening with the high school kids was a blast. Do you remember when we were playing bingo with them? Uh, the infamous Mark Weibel calling out the numbers. I mean, and us all sitting at the tables. And before you could claim a prize of after saying bingo, you had to give the names of the students at the table or the students had to give the names of the senior adults. It was a wonderful evening. And you know what both the college kids, both from the Valentine banquet and then the senior adult college kids mixer that we had at the end of the year. You know what all of them said? All of the, we heard this from both Drew and Jordan, the college pastor and the, and the uh, student pastor. It was the greatest event of the entire year. That was the common knowledge. Common statement. And he's, both of them said they can't wait for the next time that we're all together. So it's been a tremendous blessing to get to know these young strangers who are a generation or two younger than we are. But you know, during this pandemic time, there have been scores of very lonely people that have gone through terrible situations in their loneliness. Now, two weeks ago, Pastor John had all of us staff members call several people that we know who are living alone in this season, in this difficult season. And the reports back were so encouraging how people were blessed and felt deeply cared about and loved with a simple phone call or a text or an email. Friends, I, I wanna exhort us. The scripture says, show hospitality to people you do not know, strangers. Strangers. Let's not miss this opportunity during COVID-19. I think we're on the backside of it now, but while it's still among us, it's still a great time to start reaching out. Maybe do you know someone who would enjoy a phone call or a quick visit or a text or an email? You know, hospitality means making other people feel comfortable and at home. And Paul brings us to light in his letter to the Romans in chapter 12. I want to read Romans 12 verses 9 through 13 through the New Living Translation, the second edition, because it words it so well. He writes, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in confident hope. Be patient. Listen to that Zoom meeting, but I can't. I can't get a picture and I can't get it on speaker. All right, could you all keep keep yourselves muted? Ruben, why don't you mute the phones? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. Oh, Galen went out and she came back in. All right. Okay, I think she might be able to go on now. Are we okay? 
Yeah, we are. Okay. Hospitality to strangers. Okay. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Verse 12. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Now let's go to the verse 3. Verse 3, the writer of the Hebrew writes, have empathy for those who are in prison for their faith and those who have been mistreated. He's saying that we are to understand and share the feelings of those who are persecuted, punished, or imprisoned, and even tortured for their faith. Do we really think it's difficult to be in lockdown within our own homes? Friends, those who are in prison spend most all the day in a small confined cell about the size of a walk-in closet. Oh. Matthew 25, verse 36, Jesus said that his true followers would represent him as they visit those in prison. And you know, personally, I'm so grateful for Mike and Adrena Smith at Highland. He's one of our elders. But the two of them go weekly out to Gatesville Penitentiary to share with the incarcerated women there. Their ministry is called Discipleship Unlimited and it's among the local mission ministries that Highland supports. Personally, I was involved in prison ministry for six years prior to my moving to Israel. And it was so deeply, richly rewarding in so many ways. Christian voices are desperately needed in prisons, not only to the incarcerated, but also for funding uh, and also for staff training. Also for rehabilitative programs once they, the incarcerated people get out. And you know, this whole concept of the persecuted church last week. Oh, sweet. Janet and I. Janet. Last week, Janet. <laughs> can you keep yourself muted? Okay, there we go. Who else is not? Okay. Great. Okay. Last week, Janet and I watched oh, a really tremendous uh, series of messages uh, from the International Voice of the Martyrs Conference that was held last fall. Wow, what powerful messages and what challenges for the church today. And I see that out of this, the writer of the Hebrews is saying, listen, we need to have compassion for suffering people who are being persecuted and even severely tortured. And we're all called to remember those in prison in our prayers. So let's all add those in prison to our prayer times. Not only will we bless the Lord, we be obeying what is written, an exhortation that comes to all of us. All right, let's look at verse four. Respect for your marriage vows. And it says marriage is honorable among all. You know, I wish that was true for our world today. Modern American society is desired to really redefine the family. And the new definitions are far from their biblical foundations. 
Who would have ever imagined? Who would have ever imagined that many younger Christians today accept couples living together before they are married? And amazingly, many are living that way and going to church together. But what can we do? What can we do? We can pray with fervency and frequency. We can also work toward demonstrating faithful and healthy marriages ourselves. For those of us who are still married, pray for your spouse. If you're not married, pray for the couples of friends around you, of, the, of family members. Pray for the spouses of your children, of your grandchildren. We can have the ministry of prayer in an incredible way. I'm being summoned to be part of a, a Zoom meeting of leaders up in Illinois. So I'm just having to delete them continually. But it would have been good had I been warned in advance. All right. Personally, you know what? I, I think it's really wonderful to see older couples holding hands when they're out and about. I think that's terrific. Uh, Honor biblical marriage. Here, they, they keep on wanting me. Let me just say I'm in, a, I'm, in, I'm, in a, I'm in a meeting. Janet, can you pick up for where I left off right there about honor biblical marriage? Okay. Um, yeah, we need to uh, stay faithful to what the word says, not change because our culture is changing. Our culture will continue to change, the culture around us, but the culture of the kingdom of God should stay constant. And that which God calls an abomination, we need to call an abomination. That doesn't mean that we yell that at people. It just means that we keep God's standards in our hearts. We love the sinner. We allow the Lord to convict. And um, I, I think in honoring the marriage, it's not just that we honor our own marriages, but we need to honor the marriages of others, which I think because of our ages, it's probably not terribly relevant, but um, there's often flirting between different people's partners, and that needs to stop. We need to honor others' marriages. And those of you that counsel grandkids or, or kids that are dating, uh, just encourage them to be honorable toward the, their future spouse, that they not do things with their current boyfriend or girlfriend that would dishonor their future spouse. It's another reason to keep every relationship pure so that when we do marry, then we keep that sacred. And that doesn't just mean in the marriage bed. It means in our minds, in our words, what do we watch on TV? Are we, are we lowering our kingdom standards to go more closer to the world standards even by the, the TV programs and movies that we watch. So we need to keep a very high standard, holy standard, as the people of God. And, you know, we need to resist the pressure to recognize or condone other sexual preferences. This is very popular today. And we need to stand with what is written. That's the key. We must stand with what is written. You know, over the last one, well, probably over the last generation, the, the genuine truth of absolute truth has really eroded. 
Uh, truth now is relative, it's not absolute. Whatever you believe that's good for you, well then that's good for you. But don't tell me I have to believe something that I don't personally believe myself. And this is an area, this particular area in regards to sexual preference and transgenderism and all the rest of that, this may be an area where we may well relate to the words of Jesus when he said, if the world hates you, you need to know that it hated me before it hated you. John 15, 18. Amen. Friends, listen to this. When the spirit of the world... Okay, Galen. Uh, I want you to ask a question. Uh, no, I want to... Let me just finish this talk, Galen. Let me just finish this talk. When the spirit of the world gets a foothold in a person's heart, whether they're Christian or non-Christian, they often cannot hear the truth that goes against their personal beliefs. And we're living in an age where those who believe uh, the absolute truth of the Bible, we are a growing minority today. And this is why fervent prayer is no longer an option for us. It is our primary breakthrough strategy. Fervent prayer is our primary breakthrough strategy. So I encourage you, teach your grandchildren the biblical meaning of marriage. Pray now for their eventual spouses and their families and encourage the marriages around you to stay young. Okay, lastly, uh, and Galen, you can hold your, if you hold your question till the end, that'd be great, okay? Because I'm, I'm finishing up here. Lastly, I want to give you a final thought to consider concerning fear. Concerning fear. You know, especially in view of the global lockdown, we have a powerful promise in the next two verses in our Hebrews 13 study. Verses 5 and 6 say, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Now, I want you to notice a pearl right here. Notice what the word of God says to us today. It says, he himself has said, so we may boldly say. God says something, so you can say something. So what does God say? He says that he's going to never, ever, ever leave you. He says that he will never, ever forsake you. So as a result, I hear someone's dog. No, it's not Ava's. Here's this phone here. Okay. As a result, you and I can say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now hear this precious treasure. This blessed me so much this week. 
because he has said, you can boldly say. Let that be a takeaway for you today. That's worth writing down. Because he has said, I can boldly say. And when you understand, and when I understand, that God will never leave us, he will never forsake us, you and I can live without fear. And that freedom from fear will be reflected in our actions and our words. So let me ask this today. What are you presently facing? Would you be afraid if the Lord was standing right next to you? And if the Lord said to you, it's all right. I am here. The word of God says this to us today. He is with you and me. And he said he would never leave us or abandon us. Now you may not see him or feel him or have an awareness of his presence, but here is the truth. He is with you now and always. And as believers in Jesus, we need to act and speak like we really believe this promise. It's so sad that there are many believers today that are extremely fearful concerning COVID-19. And again, I say to you, when you understand that God will never, ever leave you, he will never, ever forsake you, you can live without fear. And that freedom from fear, it's going to be reflected in our actions and in our speech. I love what Romans 10.10 says, and I'm going to be closing with this. For with the heart, one believes under righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, this is not only true of when we were first saved. It is a major part of how we stay saved from the attacks of the enemy. We read in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 8, that the Lord will destroy his enemy with the breath of his mouth. His word is powerful. And the enemy wants to keep the church ignorant concerning that revelation. And the power of that weapon. Yea, the word is near even in your mouth. So remember today, here's the takeaway for us. The true weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God. And the word of our testimony, the proclamation of the word of God, praying the word of God, having the word of God fill our hearts and speaking to evil situations of what is written. That's how Jesus combated the temptations in the wilderness. God wants us to not be ignorant. He wants us to be mindful of what is written 
so that we can apply it to what is spoken. So we need to boldly say, because he has said, we can boldly say, the Lord is helping me. I will not fear. Isn't that a good statement? I want you all to unmute yourself. All of you to unmute. Because we're going to make this positive confession together. Darlene, you need to unmute yourself. There you go. Okay, your two telephones. You can unmute yourself too if you want. Let me see your phone. If you can figure out how to. All right. Kathy, you can unmute yourself. There you go. On, on three, let's say praise the Lord. One, two, praise. three. Praise the Lord. There we go. We have our own Zoom choir. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to make this declaration that is right out of the word. The Lord is helping me. I will not fear. Let's all say that together. The Lord is helping me. I will not fear. Say it again. The Lord is helping me. I will not fear. Say it like you really mean it. The Lord is helping me. I will not fear. When there are times when a shout unto the Lord brings victory, there's a time when we need a breakthrough. We're just saying, the Lord is with me. That will not get us through sometimes. The shout is there for a purpose, a divine purpose. It says when Jesus, at times, he could be heard for a long distance because of his love. The Lord is with me. I am not afraid. That is a tremendous testimony that we can make whenever fear tries to lift our hands. It's a vital confession. Precious friends, it's a truth that we need to exercise often because I tell you, these situations are only going to increase as the day of the draws near. This is just a beginning of severe birth pangs that the whole world is suffering. And in birth pangs, they get more intense and closer together before the birthing. So if we can learn the lesson now, the Lord is with me. The Lord is standing beside me. He is at my right hand. I will not be I will not fear. When we take the word of God and hold on to it with dear all of our might, strength, and soul, the power of the enemy begins to open and open his grip. So, Father, I just want to pray for everyone, my precious brothers and sisters here today. Lord, I pray that we would take hold of what is written. Lord, because you said, we can say. You said you will never leave us. You said you will never forsake us. 
then we can say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. <laughs> what can man or a virus, what can anything do to me? I am in the grip of Almighty God. The safest place in the universe is in the palm of God's hand. Thank you, Lord. No one can snatch us from that secure place. And I want to pray for anyone that's listening right now that might be struggling with fear. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this word would penetrate not just their ears attached to the sides of their head, but Lord, it could drop 18 inches that they could hear it in their heart. The Lord is with me. The Lord is at my side. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. The Lord is my help and my strength. Lord, I thank you for these truths today. May we put them into life practice throughout the rest of this week, coming into this weekend and all throughout next week, to the glory and to the praise and to the majesty and to the wonder of the name of Jesus, for which our knees bow and our tongues confess that he and he alone is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. 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 Oh, bless you guys. Man, it's so good seeing all your faces. You still have that question, Galen? Can you hear me? No, you, you yeah. muted yourself again. You muted yourself again, Galen. I can't unmute you. You're muted. Uh, can you hear me now? Now yes. we can, yes. Okay. Uh, there is a woman in here named Beverly at Stillwell, and uh, we were sitting at the front one night, and uh, uh, there was a woman that works here, and she had said that she didn't go to the Methodist church anymore she went to because they had accepted homosexuality in their church. Well, you know, we were talking about that while ago, about marriage. And, uh, you know, this Bible is so clear that that's not so, that that's not an alternate lifestyle at all. And this uh, Beverly got very offended and spoke up and said, my son is gay. Y'all are offending me. Uh, he has a right to love like everybody else. You know how the world goes with this but I want she comes to me a lot for advice I have spent hours with her talking to her and uh I want to be sensitive to her because that is her son and she loves her son but yet I still want to be able to to honor the Lord and the fact that it's wrong but I, she gets her feelings hurt so bad when anybody says the thing. And uh, she's got a lot of problems. And, and I really have ministered to her. And I feel like I should continue to minister to her. And I need to know where I need. Is there a balance there that I need to do? Or 
what do I do with this situation? All right, we're going to pray for you, Galen. And uh, maybe a couple of ladies can pray for Galen. Well, one thing is for sure. God loves all sinners. I mean, homosexuality is just another sin. Uh, it's, it's, but people are wanting us to accept sin, and we just don't accept sin. It's just like a person, I commit adultery, or I, I murder people. Uh, you, you should love me here. Well, we do love the murderer. We do love the, all sinners. It's just that we call sin what it is. We call sin what the Bible calls sin. And maybe a couple of you ladies can uh, unmute yourself and pray for Gay Lynn in regards to her talking. And what is her name, Beverly? Her name is Beverly? Yes. Okay. Uh, so if a couple of you ladies can pray for Gay Lynn and... Well, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift Gay Lynn to you because God heard her cry. She's wanting to reach out to Beverly. So, Father, I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within Gay Lynn will give her the very words, the very words that she will know that it's you telling her what to say to Beverly. And, Father, we know that you have Beverly a good heart at your heart. So, Father, I pray now and believe and expect that you are going to give Galen those words. And I pray that today she will start trusting your word more than ever before in every area that she prays for. Thank you for her faithfulness to you, Lord. She loves you. She loves your people. So, Father, just use her in a mighty way and give her peace today in knowing that you will never leave her conversation. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Linda. Well, we're trusting, Galen. The Lord's, the Lord's been with you in those conversations. He's continuing to guide you in these, and he's going to lead you on and lead Beverly into a place of acceptance of you and the Christ that's in you. We all agree with that. Listen, our time's up. Have a great rest of the week. We love all of you. Um, and we'll see you back next week, 10 o'clock. God bless you. Keep you. May he make his face that just shine upon you and be gracious to you. Amen. Bye-bye. Amen. Amen. Amen.